name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. I feel like I'm belaboring the AeroPress point uh, weekly, and I'm, I'm sorry about that. It's just um, I had to bring it up one more time, and it may not be the last time because it's a, it's a damn good cup of coffee. I'm not sponsored by them. Should be. Best money they'd ever spent. Uh, and I will tell you that, so so I was making Lisa, my wife, a Aero, an AeroPress. Now, if you've never seen this contraption, it's very simple. This is not brain, uh, brain surgery nor rocket science. It's neither of those two things. It's pretty simple. She will not learn how to do it. She could learn. It's not an intelligence issue. Although I, I mean, I don't know, uh, but she won't, she won't do it. So I said, um, she usually likes to do the espressos. That's kind of her thing. Espresso is, but she hasn't been making espresso because I've been making a rare press. So I, she was up this morning and, and I was making her coffee and she's standing there and I said, do you miss your espresso? Like you haven't really been doing espresso. She's like, yeah, a little bit. I like coming up and making it and you know, that whole thing. But I like that you make me arrow presses. Cause then, you know, it's like a time that we can hang out. I was like, okay, but you know, we can, we could do that without me having to. So I guess my service is part of the picture of hanging out. I have to be doing something, making something for her. And that enables her to have the time to hang out with me. I don't know. I'm, I'm searching. I'm desperately searching for logic in that. She's like, well, there's a time we're going to hang out when you make me an arrow press. I was like, okay, but we can also hang out when you make yourself an arrow press, but she's not going to do it. She's not going to do it. And I don't have, I, I respect and love coffee so much that I can't not make her one because I just need her to have a really good cup of coffee. So it's not like I can go, you know what? Make your own damn coffee. Cause then she would, and I'd just be upset about it the whole time. Mm. Speaking of which, I had a little reset this week, a little, little bit of a reset over the last couple of days. I'm like, okay, shelter in, it's been going fine in general. I've been working out. I feel good, but feeling like a little loosey, a too loosey goosey for my liking, eating a little bit later day to day. And I'm definitely feeling that, man. I think it's because I'm 51. Uh, my digestion, man, it's like if I eat late, same calories, same food, I'm eating a good diet, healthy diet. But man, if I eat later, wow, what a difference that makes. So last night I was like, let's, can we just all eat a little bit earlier? Cause it'd be really helpful to me. And it's all about me. I mean, if, if, if your family's not all about you, you're doing something wrong. You know what I'm saying? Um, but Lisa feels better about it too. It's just like, it's just all good. We're all done eating and then we can hang out. And it's like, man, does it make a freaking difference? My goodness. Uh, but during the day I, I'd still intermittent fasting and it just, just, just to kind of a quick foray into intermittent fasting. It's not, it is about the hours, like, you know, maybe an eight or nine hour window that you're eating, but it very, very much is when those hours occurs. I've said that before. It's not like you can do a, a, a ten, you know, nine hour window from 2 PM to 11 PM that it wouldn't work. I mean, it really is about daytime, nighttime optimum digestion. And I will tell you that if I'm done eating by six or six 30, it is a whole world of difference between that. And when I'm done eating by like eight or eight 30, I mean, just a world of difference, same food, same food. Now I know that intermittent fasting is the thing and everything doesn't, but it also is more about what you eat. Okay. No matter how you digest it, it's more about what you eat and also how you digest it for sure. No, absolutely. No, no, no doubt about that, but don't just, you know, I'm eating in an eight-hour window so I can Twinkie and Pop-Tart it up all day. That doesn't, it's not going to work. It's gonna, you'll, you'll be happy as a result of that, but it's not going to work. Mm. 
lastly, um, I was reading about some green tea stuff and I've tried in the past to drink the green tea as a way to not drink coffee. There's good stuff about green tea, you know? So I thought today I'm going to have a, I had a cup of coffee. I'm not going to say that. This, this is ridiculous. I'm not a communist, but I just thought, well, I'll have a cup of coffee. And then afterwards I'll have a, I'll have a green tea. So I'm not, you know, maybe I don't have that third cup of coffee, which I've been doing recently. And I usually do two. So okay, fine. Green tea. And in the past, I've been, you know, like, it's not the worst thing in the world. And I, but so I had a green tea today. And I will tell you that I've, I, I'm the first to admit, I've been very unfair. I've been unfair to green tea because it is, out of fairness, worse than I imagined. Green tea was worse than I imagined. It's, it's hearkening me back to the days in high school in Kingwood, Texas, where I had to mow the lawn every weekend. It's that smell in a cup. It's the smell of cut lawn in a cup. I don't care what the benefits are, green tea inventor. Uh, Change the smell, okay? I don't need to freaking wheat grass up every time I sit down for a relaxing cup of coffee and a tea and feel like I want to vomit in my mouth. That's not that's not the purpose of tea. I don't know. Maybe that's one of the benefits. It, it, you, it helps you purge. Mm. Right now I'm having turmeric tea. FYI. So listen, um, thank you everybody for everything. I know that the Patreoners uh, got a, f- a funny email from me this morning where I re- replied all to one person's email and everybody got oh, some random email from me going, yeah, sure, I'll be on your podcast. And they're like, what are you talking? Are you on drugs? Are you drinking a lot during the shelter in? But thank you to everybody who Patreoned me. I'll see you at the live Q&A on Saturday. And thank you to everybody who supports me. And, and maybe you're leaving reviews. I'm not checking them, but maybe you are. Another side note. Because I'm checking in with you guys. Okay, is that all right? This is part of my thing. Music. Um, I went ahead and entered the NPR Tiny Desk Concert uh, Contest. Now, I think it's just between me and about 40,000 other people. Look, it's a long shot, isn't it? But what do I say? What do I say? It's about showing up. It's about showing up. Showing up to the starting line. Okay? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to enter. I'm 51. I'm a spry young, young buck. There's no reason why they wouldn't want me versus all the hipsters. Um, I listen, whatever, but it was fun. And you can see the video of it all. You know what? I'll do a link to the video on YouTube, but that's what the, that's how you enter. You, you make a video with a debt, like a desk thing and you, and it's like a thing and then you make it public and then that's your entry. So it's on the NPR site. My videos on the NPR tiny desk contest site and all that. Anyway, it's a brand new song. You guys heard it last week, but I just did it live. If you're interested, go look at it. Fuck. I don't know. It's not my fault. Before I get into the subject of this episode, of this particular episode, I want to talk about a concept I was, I was thinking about, um, I don't know when, and it's about respecting your level of health, respecting your level of health. So I'm just going to throw this idea out because it's something that, that comes up. And as I'm, as I'm the small step guy, I, I, it is, is part of that picture. And here's what I mean. The, your current level of health, be it decent good or not so good will be upset by drastic measures for better or for worse. And so it's like with, I I use cigarette smoking as an example. If you, if you came to me and you were like, look, I got to stop smoking and I want, I need your health coaching. I'd be like, I swear to God, I'd be like, keep smoking for now. Then I would start bringing up your level of health in all other ways. Cause smoking is the thing that you do because it's a habit and it's because of stress. And until I deal with the stress part of it, I don't want to touch the smoking. Another few weeks ain't going to kill you. Maybe, but then, then again, you sign a disclosure. So what do I care? But bringing up the level of health. So we walk around a little bit. 
and we bring in some more food and some good healthy food and your body starts to work better. It does, even if you're smoking, really, really does. And you're kind of doing okay and you're feeling a little bit better. All of a sudden, the cigarettes start to not feel as good. Why? Because you are now at a higher level of health. And if you don't respect that, you put in something like a cigarette, you're going to feel it. Whereas you didn't before because a cigarette was part of your level of health. But all of a sudden, when the level of health surpasses that, it comes up. Then all of a sudden, the things you do that aren't as healthy, that meal isn't doesn't it doesn't make you feel you can feel it feels not as good cheese is a perfect example like people just like i love the cheese my life would never exist without the cheese well all of a sudden if you bring up your level of health in other ways you know eating a little dairy it doesn't feel good you you notice it whereas before it was sort of part and parcel to your whole picture i knew a guy one time he's like i never get sick he's like a smoker drinker he's like i never get sick i'm like no you're sick that's you don't have the flu but that's not a you know, you're not the picture of health. You don't, you're not the, you know, the prescriptive, like if you just do it, if you smoke and drink and eat my shitty diet, you'll be like I am never getting sick. You're living sick. That's the whole thing. But the other side of that works as well, which is if you're not, if you're not healthy, then doing something drastic also doesn't feel good. You're not respecting your level of health. If you are smoking and drinking and not eating well, and you go on a cleanse or some fast, good Lord, you're going to feel, I mean, holy crap, right? It's going to be big time discomfort, uh, too much. And psychologically, you're just going to bounce right back to what you're doing. Cause you're like, this doesn't work for me because I feel way worse not being on heroin than being on heroin. Mm. Respect your level of health. Understand where you are in your level of health currently. So that if you want to make changes, you're going to do it in a responsible way or understand that if your level of health is significant and high and good, that those less than healthy things, you're going to feel it. And that's fine. You're just, but just so you know, because it's a, that way you have the information and you can still do it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you got it. You, you, when you respect your level of health, you know what you're getting into. Dig, you know what you're getting into. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about the subject of this week, of this of this podcast and so of this episode you can't count on me now i'm gonna side note you can count you can count on me a fantastic movie laura linney and mark ruffalo you can count on me go rent it it's you're living at home anyway you're not going to work you haven't put on pants in seven weeks you might as well watch you can count on me it's an excellent movie but this this episode is you can't count on me i'm going to take a little because i've been thinking about it I've been in my running coaching uh, program. I'm done with the studies of it. I'm now waiting to do the exam. And it's not a set date. I'm waiting. Psychologically, I'm waiting. I'm like a nervous. Today, I took a sample exam. I had three hours to do it. I did it in an hour, less than an hour. And I got a 90%. That's a good sign. But the actual exam is 150 questions. The sample one was 50. 150 questions. It's going to be like a day. It's going to be like a few hours and I got to calm down about it. I'm so like I'm nervous about it but I put a lot of work I've been studying hard for a month mm. I'm ready I think but it's a lot of information anyways because of that I've been in this thing and what I've learned from this course among many things this course was excellent when I became a certified nutritionist I went I, I did this program a year and a half and it was a great program but I had been reading about nutrition for almost 15 years by that time like a long time 
book after book. I was very well informed. I had a a direction. I learned some things from my program, but it was not like a mind blower because I had already been, you know, informed on that level. I just needed to get, you know, make it legal. Um, But this is a different ballgame. I have not been reading about running. I know cursorily sort of things and I know energy systems in the body because of nutrition and the way muscular works and, you know, energy creation and, and basic things like that, but not on this level. I mean, not on this level. There's a whole nother world. I'm like, Ooh, good Lord. Okay. That's cool. But of the many things I've learned, it's the undoing of the conventional wisdom, which is so funny because as I learned about nutrition, it was all about undoing the conventional wisdom that how wrong the conventional wisdom is. Um, but the same thing with running and training this, like the 10% rule and the VO two max and all these kinds of things that we go, Oh yeah, you, you just do that. That's the thing. That's That's your fitness marker VO two max. Well, it's not actually study wise. And, and, and the 10% rule where you increase your volume week to week by 10%. It's a bunch of bullshit. It's so, it's so similar to food. It's like, we get these you know, and I get, it's not, I defend and I will c- continue to defend the general public on this because we're busy and I, I can't count myself in most ways as the general public. Yes, I know a little bit more about, you know, nutrition and it's because I'm a nutritionist, but in general, I'm part of the general public. Okay. And also one of my favorite bands, general public. Okay. So it's just, you know, good. You can count on me, general public. You got it. Okay. Um, but the general public, we're busy. So we, we, we catch things, you know, we get information from like quick bits from the doctor who says protein and we go protein and that's kind of it because we don't, it's not that we can't take the time. We don't because we're busy and it's not like we're not intelligent enough. We are, we just don't take the time to go like, well, where did you get that information? Let me find that out. Are you even a nutritionist? You're not a nutritionist. Well, good Lord. What studies are you basing your thing about protein? And we don't, it's, we're busy because we took our kid to the, to get a physical and then we got 17 other things to do during the day. But in the running world, it's the same thing that that kind of conventional things that we've, I too have assumed just for, for forever and just what you got to do. And you got to eat this thing between this minute, you know, this much per- percentage of protein versus carbohydrate. You have to eat that within 50, you know, 30 minutes or 45 minutes after you finish eating all these kinds of things. You can kind of toss a lot of those things out. Is there an exception? And I've talked about elitism. I did a whole episode on this a few while, uh, you know, a few months back. Um, is, is there, is there an exception if you're an elite athlete, you need to get a little bit deeper into things. Yes, you do need to get a little deeper into things, of course, but, but still on that level, the things like VO2 max, if you never heard about it, don't worry about it, but that's still, it's still not the best marker. There's other things, even though that's the conventional wisdom. If you go to YouTube and look up VO2 max, you're going to see 15 billion videos on that. And it's just kind of interesting. Um, but in the, in this running course, and as I, assuming I'm going to pass the course. Can we just, can you guys give me a little good luck on this? Mm. Here's what I'm not going to do before the exam, drink green tea. Cause that just put me in a bad mood and I'm going to, you know, on purpose, get things wrong. Cause I'm just pissed about the fact that I had to mow my, mow my own lawn in my mouth. I want to focus on the fact that the, with all this conventional wisdom stuff, there's still the, the purpose of this episode is about counting. It's this idea that the level of micromanagement that we think is necessary simply is not necessary. And the I have multiple problems about with this counting and especially with nutrition. And nutrition and running or fitness of any kind, they beg counting. They're sort of you can quit you can not in the wild, but I mean if we were living in the wild 
it wouldn't these two subjects would not beg we'd have no mechanism for counting it's not like we can like pick up a leaf and do an exam you know take it to the lab and find out how much calcium milligrams is in it you know what i mean but in the modern world with our ability for science and and to do this technically to do this it's a safety thing that we want to do this. We we feel safer. It's a fear. I've maintained this forever and I will still maintain this today. It is a fear-based reaction to, to, to be sucked into, well, my naturopath sells me these things every month for the last 15 billion years. And I've, you know, and it's because I can measure out how much potassium is in a pill. That's a fear-based reaction to a non-natural solution. It's a you go like, I, yeah, I know, I know bananas have potassium, but if I can see the bottle that has the number, then I feel safe about that. The problem, or if I can see my VO2 max, then I can, you know, then I know what my oxygen utilization level, I, I, I've got, I've got that. And if I, I, can, I can do the math on that and I can, I, I feel good about that. I can sort of know my, my, my marker then. And I have a few main problems with this level of counting like that you know you've heard it on the food realm i mean good lord 30 percent yes and 40 grams of fat and 1.8.8 grams of protein per kilogram of dip, dip, dip. i mean it's like it's one thing after another and as if we're all the same and no matter what and it, it's it, don't get me started because it's just an insane level of of generalization which you know is sometimes necessary but most times not especially if you want to be healthy but mm, here's my first problem with this level of counting. It convinces us of the of the absolute nature of these numbers. We believe they are sound and incontrovertible. That we look at the bottle of potassium or calcium and we say 1200 milligrams and there it is. We look at the nutrition facts on kale, a cup worth of kale, and we see the levels of this and this and this, and that's what that is, and that convinces us. But the problem is, is it doesn't go into the further question of how much of this are we absorbing, and it's an assumption that every kale, no matter where it's grown, no matter how long it's sitting, has sat on the shelf, no matter how it's prepared, is the same. And it's it's not. It's it's not. And then you go, well, what do we do then? You stop counting because it's not the solution to the thing that you think is being solved by this, which is that you want to be healthier and happier. In fact, it's sometimes the opposite of that solution. Uh, pharmaceutical drugs, uh, you know, supplements of any kind. This is these are not pictures of health. These are are stopgap measures. Best case scenario, worst case scenarios are things that we rely on and think we need to take calcium supplementation for the rest of our lives, and it's actually has the oftentimes it's not has the, just definitely does not have the desired outcome. Our bone health is not getting better because we're taking more calcium. I'll put it that way. It's getting worse for other reasons besides calcium, but I'm just saying it's not the solution that we wish and think and hope that it was, and it's not. How much of that calcium pill are you absorbing? How much is go, actually going in your body? How much is being utilized? And then do we really want to invest even a minute in trying to calculate percentages of the diet that's this and that and for the grams and the pro and how much of healthy food we're eating versus non-healthy and is it healthiest? I mean, are we eating the healthiest? I mean, look, just think about day to day. And this is not, this is applicable to many people. If, if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that at some point in your life, you've been swept up into this madness. I know that I have. I mean, for sure. I remember before I was a nutritionist, years ago in Los Angeles, a buddy of mine was a personal trainer. And so I worked with him a little bit and 
of course, as a personal trainer with no nutrition training, he was giving me nutrition advice. And it was like, okay, you have to eat this many calories, uh, this many times a day, and this much, this many grams of protein. And I was measuring all that shit. It takes a long time. And by the way, I was not healthier for it. I don't even care if I was putting on muscle mass, which I was, but I was not. I definitely was not healthier for it. I Because I can now look back and look at what the shit I was eating. Good Lord. One of the things I was eating was like these soy chicken nugget things that I love. They're fantastic. But they're not healthy. And I'm looking at them and I'm, you know, because they're measured. I can get a box and I can look at it and I knew how many of those things. I remember I would count it out, six of those things. That that was that meal. And I'd eat that, 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 and this many grams. It was totally calculated. And yet I wasn't getting healthier. So here's my second problem with accounting on this level, this micromanagement on this level. It removes us from ourselves. Counting on this level removes us from ourselves. We become less in touch with our health and happiness and even fitness and more outward focused. A lot of the running thing, and I will tell you that my goal with my running coaching, assuming I pass the test, is not for elite athletes. I have, I just am not interested in it. I'm not interested in the way that I'm not interested in nutrition on that level. I want general public, um, not the band, but the general public feeling better. And I, and so I, my running coaching, I already know, and I'll talk about this as I develop my business on it, but, but is about just normal, regular people wanting to run, maybe wanting to even do an ultra marathon with no business. Like I was at 46 and still had a full-time job and a family and like how to, and not trying to win, just trying to see if I could fit. Like, that's my area, like for sure. Or a 5k, you know, just like no, no worry about finishing with a PR, just like, can we have this experiential running? That's kind of my thing. And so in this same picture, that's my, one of my beefs on this thing is that it removes this kind of calculation, removes us from ourselves in the running world, the exam I'm taking a lot of it. And even the the working I'm doing on the treadmill and everything is I feel a lot of the coaches that are doing on the treadmill thing. It's like, perceived effort is what they call it. the rate of perceived effort not numbers not lactate threshold not vo2 how do you feel what's your level of effort and maintaining that so if you're going downhill you might speed up a little bit because you maintain that same level of effort and then when you go uphill you slow down it's, it's like a natural thing because you you're in touch with your body and your mind and how you're feeling in that moment if you're feeling like you're pushing it it doesn't matter what pace it is it doesn't matter what that you ran faster yesterday it matters that today you're maintaining a level of perceived exertion such that you keep it your stress levels low does it sound familiar to you guys that's my whole small step thing in a freaking nutshell which is to manage your level of stress so you can adapt and grow and evolve this is in the running world but it's in every world it's in everything that we do how well we can be in touch with our levels of stress and do we really need to rely on some external calculation or some external number to help us to that end the answer is no in most cases sorry but it's true it's freaking no the micromanagement of our lives on this level puts our health into the hands of a calculation. She kept saying. Don't anchor me down It is not your place To anchor me down 
Yeah. 